your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys, and welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Thomas Welch. And I'm Josh Hyman. We've got a fun episode for you today. Blues are coming off probably their best win of the season. It's going to be hard to top this one when you beat a Florida Panthers team 4-3 to in OT with one hand tied behind their back. The Blues were playing a man down, a man short. Uh, we, we said it all season long. One of, the, one of the best points of this team was going to be their depth. It was absolutely tested in this game against one of the best teams in the league, and they came out on top. So we're going to be talking about that, some of the key players, what we liked, what we didn't like, uh, and some other things. But before we get into that, I want to thank you guys once again for making us your first listen of the day. With your morning cup of coffee, on your morning commute to work or school, or whatever it might be, uh, we truly do appreciate that. So thank you guys so much. And also that today's episode is sponsored by Primal Origin Oils. So you got beard, get primal. Stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. Check out primaloriginoils.com to learn more about their full line of beard care products. And use the code Locked On for a 20% discount at the checkout. All right, Josh, riding high. Feelings are good. I know there was a little bit of uh, a little bit of anger towards the NHL in the last couple of episodes, and rightfully so. There hasn't been a whole lot of COVID relief, especially in re- in regards to the cap and with the Blues uh, getting injured left and right. And now Huso and Wallman go down in the same game. It seems like uh, the hits just keep coming for this team. But uh, what did you like from the St. Louis Blues team, and what was what were the best things that you saw in this in this thrilling victory? And like I said, playing a man down. Uh, I think this is one of the most exciting and most impressive wins uh, in the St. Louis Blues past, I don't know, year, year and a half. Yeah, it's crazy because we were talking about, I don't remember which game it was. I think it was the Tampa game. Like literally last week, we were like, oh, best win of the season. They won't be able to top that. We were having this exact same conversation. Um, And that was due to sort of the adversity that the Blues were facing. They're dealing with a lot of injuries. They were still dealing with the COVID cap issues then. Um, and we kind of thought to ourselves, man, Blues are really dealing with their peak adversity this season. It couldn't possibly get any worse. Uh, and then, sure enough, oh boy, did it get worse. Uh, they lost Jordan Binnington. They lost Justin Falk. They had to play with 17 guys. And I was talking about it on the solo episode that I did yesterday. Um, the Blues have always been a good team when it comes to responding to adversity. Uh, and that's a mark of a good team is how you can take these these moments, these opportunities uh, and sort of thrive in them rather than roll over. Um, and I think we saw the Blues respond to adversity tremendously last night against the Florida Panthers, whether it was the three first-period penalties that they had to kill off um, or just you know just staying with the Panthers. I think the 17 skaters showed. Um, I think that there were times when guys looked really, really tired, looked gassed. You could just tell that they were getting double-shifted. I think the penalties probably had chalked out a lot up to that too. Um, I was talking about it before the podcast that – the only thing that this can do is lead to more injuries. And sure enough, it did. The Blues lost their their backup goaltender, who's their current starting goaltender, in Billy Huso. Um, and their extra defenseman in Jake Wallman both went down with injury. Um, you know, the Huso thing, maybe not due to the uh, the lack of skaters, but the Wallman thing, you could 
probably chalk up to the fact that he's playing shifts at defenseman and forward and overworking himself. You know, I'm not going to say, oh, he only got hurt because the NHL screwed the Blues over. But I said it before the podcast that it's just going to, or on the solo episode, right. It's putting guys into uncomfortable situations, which is only going to lead to injury. You know, I could nitpick and say, oh, if the Panthers didn't get so many shots because the Blues had a full roster, then Husa wouldn't have gotten hurt. Obviously, that's silly, but it's no surprise that right before the podcast, I said, hey, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a couple of guys get banged up tonight because, you know, guys are getting overworked. Sure enough, two more guys go down to the the injured list for the Blues. Um, but that being said, they had a guy, Charlie Lindgren, who'd been playing in AHL all year, um, come in and shut the door when he needed to. Um, battled back, stayed with the Panthers the entire game and really just took control in overtime and didn't let the, didn't let Florida, um, battle back into the game, even though they had tied it late, um, did a really good job of, um, sort of keeping pressure on, you know, and you could argue if they took Huso out off of the, off of his initial injury, maybe that third goal doesn't even happen because it's clear that he was playing injured after the, after that, um, just all in all, there were so many opportunities in that game where the Blues could have, like I said, rolled over and just accepted the fact that they had 17 skaters. And even just, you know, from the first period with those penalty kills um, to the overtime, you could they could have very easily said, all right, we got a point and took pressure off. But no, OT, they turned it up. Guys were probably gassed from playing more ice time than they had all season. And then Pavel Buchnevich still comes down and scores one of the prettiest goals of the year. Find, finding finding ways to win. That has been the theme of the Blues this season. Um, still pissed, though. Still not happy, especially considering the Blues are going to be doing the same thing tomorrow night in Detroit, or against Detroit. I don't know if it's in Detroit. Um, man down again. So we'll get into that a little bit later, but they got to continue this momentum. It's certainly going to be interesting to see kind of how they handle this moving forward because we we thought before this Panthers game that there were going to be some men down and it was going to be tough and the whole fighting through adversity thing, right? Now it looks even more grim. So if they go in and and the Red Wings, like we've said the last time we played them, like typically you think of the Red Wings and you think of a lottery team, but that's just really not the case this year with Lucas Raymond, uh, Mo Sider, and Nedeljkovic has been playing good as well. So it's not a team to be taken lightly. And I think uh, the Blues know that, especially with uh, the state that their team is in right now. But any anytime you're kind of in this area where uh, you're fighting the injury bug and uh, all these things seem like they're going downhill. Uh, I feel like it's always a conversation of expectations. And I, I tweeted out last night that even the blues going to OT against that Panthers team was a win in my book because of the state that the team was in and because of all the things that you had to consider. Right. And so for them, for them to go in there and uh, not only come away with one point, but come away with two was huge in my mind. And I think that's, it's kind of what you build on as a team moving forward, right? Because I feel like a lot of times the conversation is, oh, you have to rely on the guys that are making the big bucks and have to rely on the guys that are uh, you're paying millions of dollars, the Ryan O'Reilly's, the David Perrons. It's like, well, David Perron's not in the lineup and neither of our, neither are some of the other sexy names on this team. So uh, uh, some of these guys have to come up out of the AHL and they have to produce. And luckily for us, Dakota Joshua and Logan Brown, uh, Scott Perunovich have all three been some of those guys that have just – stepped right into their role and excelled and looked great doing it. So like I said, this is a game that you can build off of, not only as oh, this is a great win, obviously, but but as a team, everyone is always like, you have to hold yourself accountable, right? And like, yeah, like Scott Prunovich and Logan Brown and 
all the, all those guys can come up and be like, I need to be the guy and I need to produce right away. And like, you tell yourself that, right. But at the end of the day, like, you know who your bread and butter players are and you know, who's going to go out there and change the game. But when they're put in a position like this, where they're almost forced to do it and they rise to the occasion, and they see for themselves that they're able to do it. And the rest of the team sees that they're able to do it too. That just gives the entire team more confidence. It brings them closer together exactly. in unity. And I think that is what the building blocks of a Stanley cup team looks like. And it's such a nice, like last night's win is such a nice, you know, ace up there, up your sleeve. If you're the St. Louis blues, any single time you're facing adversity uh, for the remainder of this season, you can tap into the mentality that won you the game against the Florida Panthers, you know, no matter the circumstance, no matter what it is, I'd be, I'd be hard pressed to find the blues in a tougher situation than a man down against the best second best team in the NHL. Um, all while playing six games in 11 days. I think the Blues are going to be, you know, in comparison to this, everything will be a little bit easier. So no matter what challenge they'll face, they have this, they have the Tampa game. They're just going to keep adding ammunition to their to their uh, their deck of things that they can sort of reference when they need a little bit of extra momentum, a little bit of extra push. And I do agree that definitely planting the seeds for a potential Stanley Cup team. That Those are the type of things that the Blues went through in 2019. Lots of adversity. Uh, lots of lots of pitfalls that they seem to overcome. I'm um, getting a little little bit of a similar sense out of this year's team. Not saying they're going to win a Stanley Cup, but I feel like that um, that momentum, that sort of that special feeling, is there that maybe wasn't there in the few years after they won the cup. But hopefully, I'm not getting too far ahead of myself. Uh, speaking of special feelings, Josh, I see you're growing the beard out as well. I've been using Primal Origin oils, and they are definitely giving me a special feeling. So if you're someone you care about has a beard, it needs to get primal. Maybe you're that guy who has never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product. Primal Origin oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. Their goal is to help others look good and live healthier lives through the use of natural oils the products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients and with low impact on our planet. Primal Origin Oils makes balms, oils, and whipped butter that are renowned as the best feel in beard products available. This is due to the exotic carrier blend with oils like raspberry seed, rosehip, and chia seed oil. All products are fair trade certified and handcrafted in the USA. The combo kits make a great holiday gift, and if you're shopping for yourself, You'll be glad that you did. Not only are the products available and dedication to quality top notch, the company was founded for a noble cause. The founder, Stephen's mother, was injured in a car accident and the company was started to pay for her treatment and recovery. So if you have used this product or others, and you want to tell others about it. I'm telling you about it right now. So go to Primal Origin Oils dot com use the code locked on and gets you 20 percent off that is code locked on for 20 percent off at primal com. now while you're there you gotta check out our best friends that have been here since day one and that is our that is our buddies over at built bar because this holiday season grab the protein pro grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar <clears throat> Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. There are so many flavors you'll have a hard time choosing. Will you have raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream, 
or peanut butter brownie, Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all of the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra kick too. So throw one in your jacket or purse. You never know when you're going to need it. Because it's the season of peace and love, don't bring up your favorite Built Bar flavor at family parties because people are so passionate, you're going to get into fights. Your friends with Santa, well, tell Santa to throw a few Built Bars in those stockings with so many flavors they'd make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. So use the promo code LOCKED for 15% off at Built.com. That's promo code LOCKED for 15% off at Built.com. We've got the Detroit Red Wings coming up, which are a very up-and-coming team, I would say. But one guy on our team who is not up-and-coming who was up and coming a long time ago, but uh, he's kind of, he's torn it up this season at times. And other times he's kind of faded back into the darkness and looked invisible. And that is Vladimir Tarasenko. Now we were talking about this before the podcast, but I believe he was the only player on the St. Louis Blues that had less ice time than him was Dakota Joshua in the first period. So he has a conversation with Craig Berube on the bench before the second period comes out, immediately has a breakaway, gets stopped, and then right after that, scores right away. Does that raise and then red gets flags? The, and then gets the assist. Don't forget gets, the beautiful and pass. And then gets the assist. So my question for you is, does that raise red flags for you as to, I guess, maybe like the work ethic or uh, the buying in? Because if he's not giving 100% or maybe he's just expecting to go skate around in circles out there for a little bit or maybe he's just expecting people not to call out the fact that he's not driving the offense like we saw earlier on in the season. I think if you're sitting in his, in his position and you light the league on fire, essentially, towards the beginning of the season, and all these reports are coming out that Doug Armstrong doesn't want to trade you because you're more beneficial to the team right now, which makes sense, in your mind, why would it benefit you at all to play well if that's going to keep you on a team that you don't want to play for? I don't really know what I'm trying to say here, but I'm going to throw it over to you to I, respond now. I think Vladimir Tarasenko has always been this type of player. Um, I think he's always been a guy that has the tendency to uh, get really hot and and play with a ton of confidence. Um, you know, making making risky plays. Uh, I mean that that goal he scored was just absolute. I know it's not basketball, but the closest thing to bully ball I've seen in the sport of hockey. He just commanded that puck. Vintage Tarasenko said, I don't care how much of the net you're covering. I am going to put the puck in. Um, he's always a guy that's played better with you know, motivation like that, plays a little angry, plays with a little edge. Um, and we've seen that in the past. We've seen him be a very streaky player. Um, obviously, it's been a while since we've seen peak Tarasenko, but even peak Tarasenko was streaky like this. Uh, he would have, you know... Games where you'd have a hat trick, two goal game, two goal game after that, one goal game after that, and then you'd go quiet for six games. Um, I think this year he's under a huge microscope um, from us as fans, which is probably why it's a little bit more concerning off the rip, just because it is such a telling year for him. And there is always that potential. Oh, is he just playing? Is he just kind of phoning it in because he doesn't want to be here? I don't think that's the case. Um, You saw the reaction to the goal. Uh, He loves, he loves playing with Pavel Buchnevich. Um, you can just tell out there um, and you could tell that he was very happy to get the monkey off his back and score that goal. He, he, I think it gets a little, a little frustrating for a guy like him, you know, a guy that's a goal scorer going 10 games without a goal, grip the stick a little bit tighter, thinking a little bit too much, not just playing loose and playing off of your instincts. 
Um, so that could definitely be why we saw him sort of disengaged and checked out. Obviously not that that's any excuse. You know, you want a guy to be engaged no matter how well they're playing. Um, but the fact of the matter is Tarasenko is a guy that when the goals aren't coming, when the assists aren't coming, um, I don't want to say the effort's not there, but I think the the mentality is a little bit shift to, man, I really would love to score a goal right now rather than, man, I would love to play a complete game of hockey. Um, I don't think it's any indication of his happiness here. I think that's sort of going to get kept under wraps. I still don't think he's going to go anywhere this season, um, trade deadline or anything like that. But it definitely is telling that even when he's, you know, starting out the year at his peak, there's still going to be times when he goes cold. There's still going to be times when he seems checked out and is a frustrating player because that's sort of who he was before the surgeries and before, um, you know, he kind of had this bounce back here. He still had those tendencies. It just was a little bit easier to forgive because he was our franchise player, face of the team, you know, scoring highlight real goals left and right and, you know, not coming off of a trade request. So it's sort of doing him, he's doing himself no favors with that trade request being public because he is going to be under that microscope. But <clears throat> Let's hope we can see that that momentum for him carry forward over the next few games. Do you think at the end of the day, maybe he's just like a streaky player? Because I feel like, like you're talking about consistently, like you'd love to have a guy who's going to go out there and dominate all three zones every game, right? Kind of like a guy like Ryan O'Reilly really does. Like even when his offensive production's not there, he's still a threat, right? And I feel like at so many times with the Blues, we've seen Tarasenko kind of fade into the background and kind of do what he's doing right now. So do you think at the end of the day, maybe he's just not a consistent player? And like, if he's going to score 40 goals, like he might score 20 the next year. And like, that's just kind of the, maybe that's just kind of the the way it is. Things will never be the same. I don't think he's streaky, like on that large of a scale. I don't think it's something where like, you have to worry about a year to year basis. I think it's more of a game to game basis because, you know, even after he got that breakaway, you could tell he was a little more engaged and a little more, pissed off you know when he gets that gets the puck on a stick immediately fires it you know he hadn't really shown that much aggressiveness and assertiveness in the previous 10 games he was still getting a lot of shots but you could tell he was sort of just taking the first opportunity he wasn't really demanding the puck and demanding you know commanding his way to the front of the net um and we saw that you know reflect in his play after the goal that assist was gorgeous made that play himself fired a gorgeous pass to Braden Shen for his first goal in a while as well so I think it's sort of a ripple effect. I think when, like I said, he's getting the goal, getting the scoring opportunities, the rest of the game sort of comes with it. Um, you know, maybe there's going to be seasons when when those those uh, slow stretches are a little bit longer. I think especially with his injuries, it was you know weighing on him a lot. Um, I, I don't think it's, it's it's something to concern yourself with. Like if he goes out and lights it up this season, I'm not going to be worried that he's going to come out next season. You know, if he's for some reason so with the Blues and score 10, 15, 20 goals i think it's more of a game to game thing for him you could definitely bet on vladimir tarasenko being comeback player of the year so if you want to do that uh you can head over to our friends over at bet online because they have you covered for all season more props odds and lines than ever before as football season continues its march to the playoffs bet online remains your number one spots for all the sports action this season Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. <clears throat> Just use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way 
to bet on all your favorite sports. That's at Bet Online, where the game starts. We'll be right back. All right, Josh. So obviously, things were going downhill, and then the Panthers game happened, and we won. But things are still going downhill. Billy Huso and Jake Wallman are not with this team anymore. The injury bug is still fluttering around. There's no signs of relief from the league. They're going to be a man down again against the Detroit Red Wings. So what do the St. Louis Blues do at this point? Continue to continue to buckle down. Um, like I said, the 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 ace in their sleeve of saying, "Hey, we do this against the Florida Panthers." No offense to the Detroit Red Wings, but it's probably a little easier to play a man down against the Detroit Red Wings than the Florida Panthers, um, just because the Panthers are one of the hottest teams in the league, and especially with their style of play, just coming at you in waves, sort of how the Blues are at their peak with their forward core, just four straight lines of offensive pressure. Um, you could tell, like I said, it, it definitely weared on the Blues last night. Uh, they looked pretty tired by the end there. They were able to battle through and play a you know, good period a really good overtime come out with a win. Um, so luckily they've done this before. They've been there before. Uh, they saw Bennington go down and Billy Huso, you know, hops between the pipes. And now Billy Huso goes down and Charlie Lindgren hops between the pipes. It's the same thing. Tighten up a little more defensively like they do in front of Huso. Um, try to limit the high danger scoring chances and just next man up mentality. That's something that we've been talking about, not just this season, but for literally every single one of the nearly 400 episodes we've had. I'd be, I bet we've said the words next man up in 300 of those episodes uh, because it seems to be a theme that follows the Blues around constantly, whether it's injuries, COVID, or what have you. So going to be an even more of an opportunity for certain guys, like we were talking about before the podcast and during the podcast, Logan Brown, Dakota Joshua, now Charlie Lindgren, guys that you wouldn't have expected to be handed this much responsibility are getting it. and. We've seen pretty much every single one of them rise up to the rise to the occasion so far, and I have no reason to believe that that trend won't continue against Detroit and moving forward. Yeah, and I think it was nice to see, um, not really like come back, but Shen coming back from the injury. I feel like maybe he wasn't a hundred percent, but I think the production that he showed now uh, puts you in a good spot in terms of confidence in him. Buchnevich is playing out of his mind, so uh, having him driving the offense and. David Perron's absence, I almost like, considering the guy's younger, I feel like he's same. he's got that same kind of lethal shot, skating abilities there. He reads the ice well. I wouldn't say it's a one-for-one one trade, obviously, like swapping guys out because Perron's been, like, he's a fabric of the St. Louis Blues, potentially. He loves St. Louis. He's been here for a long time. And he's got that veteran presence. But I think the way that they play the game is very similar. And so uh, for him to be getting hot right now is a good time as any. But like you said, it's time for this team to rally around Charlie Lindgren and Gillies <laughs> and play good hockey. And that that's just what they're going to have to do. And I, I think Craig Berube knows that th- this is not the ideal position for any team to, to be in, uh, much less the St. Louis Blues. But if anyone can come out of it unscathed and uh, not have it affect their confidence and not have it affect their overall rankings at the end of the year, I think it is the St. Louis Blues because, as we've said all season long, they are one of the deepest teams in the league. So I'm excited to see how they bounce back. I think the adversity will be great for them in the long run. And uh, it's just a way for this team to grow together and grow towards an overall goal of bringing the Stanley Cup back to St. Louis. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you what, with, a, with such a big game coming up tomorrow, you know, the Blues continuing to deal with adversity and struggle. I'm going to ask you a question that we haven't really gotten to cover in the past few episodes. And 
who's your locked on player of the game for tomorrow night, Tommy? Oh man, that's a Putting good question. Putting you on the spot. Right off the jump. Okay, so we go Red Wings. I feel like it has to be defense just because we I mean we don't have Bennington and we don't have Huso, right? Yep. So who do I think is gonna step up on defense? God, I don't even know who's on our team anymore. It feels like everybody's out. I don't know if I want to go defense, actually. I think I think with what we saw from Braden Shen, I think not only is he producing right and it feels like he's getting back to 100% and kind of playing with that tenacity that you love from the guy, but I feel like he is he's one of those core members of this team, and he is one of the players on this team that – fits the system perfectly and knows exactly how it's supposed to be run. And I think anytime you play a man down, you have to run an efficient system with everyone on board uh, to come out victorious. And I think that's why they were victorious against the Florida Panthers is because everyone bought in. Nobody was, everyone's sucking wind, right? I mean, you're a guy down, but nobody gave up and that consistent level of play never wavered. And that's why they came out on top. I think they're going to need to do that again. And I think Brayden Chen is a big part of facilitating that and making sure that that is good and coming from everyone on the team, not just from a select few. So I'm actually going to go with Brayden Chen for my locked on player of the game. I like that. I like that. I think that's a pretty good choice. Um, I'm going to take a similar approach to you. I think defense you sort of know what you're getting out of them and i think they don't really i don't really think any one of them is gonna necessarily have to step up and like have the biggest game of the year i think that the defense needs to play steady and sound and sort of almost be like you always say the best games from a defenseman at least defensive defensemen, are when you don't notice them when you don't say when you say oh man marco scandela what are you doing there the the, the less you notice a defenseman in a game the better they've played um for that reason i think i'm gonna uh, at least in the defensive end. Uh, for that reason, I think I'm also going to stick to the forwards core. Um, and I'm going to go with the guy who I think has been the most underrated player on the Blues so far this season. We've talked to him a little bit, um, but sort of the sort of like the third musketeer on pretty much every line he's been on, and that is Ivan Barbashev. Two assists last night um, against the Florida Panthers. Uh, really complete that Russian show of uh, him, himself, Tarasenko, and Bucinich, um has been a workhorse in all three zones for the St. Louis Blues has been really strong defensively, sort of just making, making life tough for the opposing teams, just battling the corners. Neutral zone, he made some really strong passes. And offensive zone, it really just seems like he is the definition of right place, right time, whether it's you know, throwing a puck on net for the perfect tip. I think it was Saad's goal um, that he had that uh, that one-timer that he somehow led to, uh, somehow led to a beautiful pin. One timer in the slot that everyone thought it was Barbie's goal off the jump, but yeah, Saad tipped it. Right, just just right place, right place, right time. He also had an assist on uh, Tarasenko goal. Found him in the slot um, and led to a beautiful score chance for Tarasenko. He he was up there in ice time as well for forwards near the top. Uh, he's probably going to be asked to do a lot again against Detroit. Uh, get a lot of ice time. So I think if he continues to play steady and play consistent like he has all season, he could really uh, be a, a sneaky way that the Blues will fuel or off just because with 17 guys, you know, limited forward, it's going to be a lot easier for the Red Wings to focus their energy on Vladimir Tarasenko and Jordan Tyru and you know big names. So when you sort of when you sort of take your, let your guard down a little bit and you know you're not seeing Jordan Cairo out there, you you know Tarasenko's you got him covered. All of a sudden, Ivan Barbashev. You know, bullies your guy off of the puck, flies down, beautiful pass to the slot, and you got a goal. That's the definition of his game this season. 
Um, so I think he could have a huge game tomorrow against the Detroit Red Wings, continue to build momentum and continue to establish himself as one of the most important members of the St. Louis Blues this season. Yeah, I'm be honest with you, Josh. I really like that pick, and I almost like that pick more than mine. So props to you for that one. You're talking about the right place, the right time for Ivan Barbashev. We are out of time. So thank you guys so much for tuning in no. to the Locked On Blues podcast. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to. You can subscribe to us on YouTube as well and hit that bell. That way you get notified every time that we go live. You can hop in the chat and ask your own questions. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at 12 15. You can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. But thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.